Today's episode is brought to us by Umbra's sunglasses. They are armless, they have a cord, they are amazing. I love mine, I can take them anywhere. They won't fall off while I mountain bike. And if you would like to get a pair, go to Instagram, find Umbra's, O-M-B-R-A-Z, send them a message, and they're giving away three free pair this month. Something else I like to take with me anywhere is a couple packs of CS Instant Coffee. If I can't drag along all my coffee equipment, I do have that option to have incredible coffee in the backcountry or anywhere I go. Go to csinstant.coffee and use the code ADVENTURE at checkout for a discount on their incredible instant coffee. The finish line is the best part because, you know, we provide the framework for this event. Um, at the start line, there, it's a party with food and drinks and really bad jokes and uh, some camaraderie. And then the finish line, it's the same. And in, in many cases, some of the people who've done the trip, they haven't seen each other in a week. This is the Adventure Sports Podcast, trying to help you find adventure every day in any stage of life. You're going to hear from explorers, adventurers, business owners, and anyone living their life a little more out of the box than usual. So we hear from enough of you to know that this show does inspire adventure. In fact, I get enough emails from all of you telling me that like, hey, you know, I listened to the show. It really inspired me. I did. I decided to do this or that adventure. And it's just so awesome to hear. But I know for a lot of you out there too, some of these adventures we talk about are just uh, honestly incredibly daunting. <laughs> like, you know, biking across the country or doing the whole AT, you know, maybe that's just totally out of the realm of possibilities for you right now, kind of like it is for me. Um, you know, young family, started a new job. You know, I, I'm not going to be taking any big adventures anytime soon. But, uh, you know, maybe you're not in the mood for an organized marathon or something that's uh, a little more mundane in the adventure travel world. Well, today we're talking to Jake Gaffner, who saw that exact gap in the adventure travel market and decided to fill it with a company that he and his wife started called Lost Travel. Uh, And basically what they are, they're these kind of pre-planned adventure trips that have a start point and an end point, um, but no real, uh, I don't know, sets, rules, or way to get to those points. So it's a a free form of adventure travel that really seems to be taken off, and it seems like a great way to get a really awesome adventure, but to also have people that are, you know, kind of watching the experience, making sure that everyone's safe, and also an awesome community to, to do the adventure with. So uh, I hope you enjoy this episode and hearing about Lost Travel. If you'd like to learn more, go to lost.travel. And you'll, I think they have five events up there this summer, everything from rafting to kayaking to cycling to, I don't know, I don't even know if you have to do those things, but that's you know the, kind of the recommended way to travel on those trips. But I guess you can travel on them any way you want. And it uh, just seems like an awesome, fun time uh, to have adventure travel and have other people along with you. So if you're interested, they still have spots open. I'd love for you to sign up and enjoy this story of how Jake got the idea and kind of started the company. But anyway, thank you for listening to today's show. Uh, We'd love it if you supported our sponsors or become a patron. All that's in the show notes. Thank you for listening. Let's have an awesome Monday and let's finish out 2019 in the best way possible. Enjoy. Take us back and and tell us kind of like, you know, first of all, where are you coming from today? And, and is that your home? And if not, where is home for you? Yeah, so uh, I'm based in Chicago. I'm, my wife and I live here with our dog. Uh, we own a place now, so we should say this is home, but we're from Wisconsin originally. So if, if people ask where I'm from, usually I say Wisconsin unless I'm overseas, and then I'll say Chicago because people know Chicago. Yeah. So, uh, it, I mean, growing up in Wisconsin, were you pretty outdoorsy? Were you adventurous or was that something you got into later in life? Yeah, I've grown up with a, you know, adventurous family. I grew up in the country in Southern Wisconsin on a farm, spent a lot of time outside hiking and camping and things like four wheelers and dirt bikes and hunting and fishing and, and all that. 
I would say we grew up adventurous. How about your wife? Yeah, the same. We actually grew up in the same same small town. Oh, um, cool. We, yeah, we started dating in high school, and I guess you could say the rest is history. But we, you know, our first trip together was right at the end of high school. We did a road trip and a camp trip up to uh, the Upper Peninsula in Michigan, and we had we had a car full of gear, like way way too much. It was just the two of us. I think the back seat and the trunk and all the floor space was full of stuff and. Um, but it was, it was a great time and we learned a lot and I, we also learned, we love to travel together and, um, we pretty much haven't, haven't stopped since. That's what we do in our free time. Oh man. Little did you know you're laying the groundwork for something <laughs> yeah. bigger <laughs> yeah. experience. Exactly. That is too cool. So, you know, you, you know, obviously now you, you, you guys are running this company. Can you tell us, you know, how did it get from there to to starting this like what what is the backstory of lost travel and yeah i just want to hear kind of where did that idea come from yeah so you know i mentioned we, we've always loved to travel that's what we do in our free time we've been all over the world on motorcycle trips and hiking trips and just you know visiting cities in south korea and all over europe and africa and um, that's just been the, the passion of ours is what we do when we're free. And we've found that, the I think many people, at least listening to this podcast would find this, the most rewarding trips are the ones that, where you don't have an itinerary and you aren't overly commercialized. Heck and so yeah. that's what we've always been attracted to those kind of trips. And, um, the more we thought about, you know, as a business, you know, like the average American right now spends 95% of their time indoors. And six and a half hours on the internet every day, um, and like th- th- those trends are a little bit surprising. And it's also so so easy to travel around the world. Like I- I'm sure you just heard about there was the 19 hour flight from New York to Sydney, the longest flight in the world. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. That w- I mean that was two weeks ago. Um, like it's crazy, and it's not a bad thing if you're traveling for work. But the actual process of getting from A to B isn't very adventurous anymore. You know, it's a ticket and itinerary. Um, and so what we wanted to do is start to put something together that helps capture what we love about this adventurous type of travel and um, the type where you don't have an itinerary and there's a challenge ahead of yourself and you do it alongside some amazing people. Uh, and so we started Lost Travel to help give people more of that. So did, was there something, were you guys looking for something like that or just noticed that no one was really doing that? Yeah, we... A little bit of both. I mean, there's there are some there's a lot of great travel experiences out there, and we've done short ones and long ones. Some on our own, um, some with other companies. Um, and really, what we found is that we were wanting a little bit more. We've done things like Tough Mudders and Spartan races, and some of those what I would call an adventure that happens like within a day. Um, and then there's longer trips. A lot of the stories that you tell on your show, if people have done true expeditions and adventures on their own. Uh, but there's not a lot that you can find right now that's in between those two, where you can take three, three days to seven days um, and really have this experience that changes you and teaches you something about yourself and about the world and connects you to a place. Uh, we weren't able to find that. And so we wanted to create it. And the first, um, the first trip we put on is a trip called the Driftless 250. It's up in Wisconsin. And actually what the story behind that was we had thought about that for a while. Um, and this was, I think, uh, early 2016, I went on a sailing trip in Tanzania and, um, that's a long story, but we were camping on islands and that experience was life-changing for me. And I think for the other guys that were with me. And when we came back, we, uh, my wife and, and I, and my dog took a trip down the Wisconsin river in Wisconsin. And there's this similar feeling where you're in a canoe and then you find an island and you camp on it and then you wake up the next morning and then you set off and then you just go as long as you want and you camp on an island. And while we were on there, um, this was over a Labor Day weekend, we were just kind of talking about that experience, how fun that was. What if you continued down the river, it connects to the Mississippi and then, you know, you could bike back and it would form this triangle. And um, so we, kind of thought about this, but put that idea on the back burner for almost two years until we organized that as a trip. And we call it the Driftless 250 because it goes through the Driftless area of Wisconsin, which is an area that uh, the glaciers missed when they came through in the last ice age. So it's pretty hilly and there's really beautiful bluffs. 
uh, and it's about 250 miles depending on what route people take. So we had the idea for that trip um, in that moment, but it was a little while before we actually put that together. Man, it's so so the, like I really like what you said. You know, there's these there's these really organized events, very familiar with you know the Ironmans, the the marathons, like you said, Spartans. But then you you have that, then you have these crazy people like we have on this show that just do this stuff that seems so out of uh, reach for so many of us, um, or it seems like not out of reach, but a big jump in skill set and in yeah, just endurance and in uh, yeah, just mental you know fortitude to be able to do something like that. So having those steps to get you to maybe a point of like summiting a seven summit or something, something like this seems really yeah, it seems like a perfect uh, way to to get that. And also, maybe if you're a really hardcore adventurer, you want to chill out and just have something fun uh, that involves a little more people, like in my case, yeah. involves someone else for once, that you can enjoy some community aspect of it. This seems like a great way to do that. So, so what was it like planning that first trip, that first Driftless 250? I mean, logistically, to, to, to plan something to invite other people to? Uh, it, well, it was a lot of fun um, <laughs> and, and a little terrifying at the same time. <laughs> Um, you know, we had to organize the canoes and the bikes and this whole process, but the first step was, you know, I think everybody, every entrepreneur's first step, they're like, what, what are we going to call this thing? Uh, let's find the domain name and all of that. So we went through that process and then we put up an event page and, uh, started sharing it on social media and basically started begging everybody we know to do it. And at that time, um, I was still working. I had a full-time job. So this was a side thing for the two of us. And at, at that time we were basically begging anybody we could to, to do the trip. And, um, I think it was three weeks that we launched the trip in May. The trip actually took place in September. Um, I think it wasn't until mid August that we had people sign up and there were four of our closest travel friends that signed up for it. (laughs) Um, two of them flew in from Toronto and then two of them live uh, up in Wisconsin and we've been all over the world with, with these guys and, um, it was exciting to have it, but there was just the two of them that signed up. So those two, or sorry, those four, so those four did it. And then, uh, Larissa and I, and it was a lot of fun. Um, what was, what was interesting was we chose that we chose September right after labor day to do the trip because um it's after summer it's not as busy uh and also the river in that part of the world is is a lot lower at that time so there's a lot of islands to camp on but in august of that year there was some torrential downpours and extreme flooding that the southern wisconsin hadn't seen in years and so the river was actually much higher than it ever should have been um and so what was funny was going down that river was uh, quite an experience. There was barely anywhere to camp and it, it ended up with some funny situations where we, you know, slept in soil that was wet. There was one time we couldn't find, uh, we couldn't find anywhere to camp on the 40 mile stretch of river. And we ended up pulling into a, um, like a, a boat landing that was completely flooded. And Andy, one of the guys on the trip, somehow found a phone number and called uh, like a local campground and the wife of the owner answered and she told her husband what was going on. And about 30 minutes later, this guy shows up in a pickup truck completely uh, out of the blue, picked us up, took us to his campsite. Uh, we left our canoes there. <laughs> we, we next morning he picked us. He's like, I'll be back at 9 a.m. Pick this up, went, dropped us off. We tried to pay him. He wouldn't take any money for it. Um, and then we went on our way and, uh, the way back was equally, uh, fun because the guys, two of them, uh, had never ridden a, a bike, uh, more than 20 miles combined. And they actually signed up and they made a joke. If, if we do this, we're doing it on a tandem. And so I found, uh, <laughs> I found a 1987 Trek tandem that was like, this thing probably weighs a hundred pounds. And they did the entire ride back on, on a tandem bike. And, um, one of the guys did the ride back with a broken foot. The doctor actually told him he shouldn't do the trip. And he said, well, I'm doing it. (laughs) And so he did it. Um, yeah. That is so funny. So, I mean, it's the crazy thing. This is something people can sign up for. This sounds like just something you just (laughs) sent people out there and they just figured it out. But in a way, that's kind of what you're shooting for. Um, so, and and just to be clear, I I think you've already said this, but just want to, you know, 
restate it for the listeners. You, you tell people like points they need to hit, but you don't give them a route. It's like you create your own route, whether you're on a team or, or by yourself signed up for this event. Is that right? Yeah, exactly. So if people ask me what we put on, I say we organize multi-day events for adventurous people and they're completely unscripted. So that means there's a start and there's a finish, but what happens in the middle is totally up to you. And we found that to be the most rewarding uh, type of travel. And so we want more people to experience that. That's awesome. So, and you do, depending on each event you do, kind of incorporates either um, running or hiking or, or, or paddling or cycling. And so you will have like those transition points where people switch like their boat to the bike, for instance. But other than that, it's like you find a way to get there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There, some of them have uh, transition points. So the one we were just discussing, uh, we're doing a similar trip down in Florida, Southern Florida, and that's kayaking and biking. There's a transition point there. Uh, but we're doing another trip uh, called Ash to Nash, which is from Asheville, North Carolina to Nashville, Tennessee. And that is completely open-ended. Um, and then we do a trip uh, up in Seattle called the Cascade and A that has, uh, starts in Olympia and it finishes up on the San Juan Islands. It's by sea kayak. And so that one also, um, you're planning your own route for that. And there might be checkpoints. There might be uh, surprises along the way. We've been known to organize a couple surprises, but um, which sometimes dictates where people go and sometimes people completely ignore it. So, Oh my gosh, man. So, so from your perspective, planning all this is you, like you said, you said it was fun. Is it really fun during the trip when you're like, are you present in the area with when people are doing this or are you, are you in Chicago? Yeah, definitely present. Yeah. And, and so we're there and it, it isn't just me. I mean, we do have a larger team, so there's, there's always somebody around, but I'm always in the area for it. Um, at the transitions, there's usually, you know, a, a team of people moving trailers and whatever we have to do. Um, it, you know, as far as you know, stress levels, it, it is, it is, it's more fun than not, but you know, usually the week or two leading up to a trip, it's pretty, uh, stressful because there's all these moving parts you have to get together. And, um, but, but during the trip, it's amazing. And the best part about every one of these trips, and this is what has kind of motivated us to, to grow it and add more trips and, and tell the story more is the finish line is the best part because, you know, we provide the framework for this event. Um, at the start line, it's a party with food and drinks and really bad jokes and uh, some camaraderie. And then the finish line, it's the same. And in, in many cases, some of the people who've done the trip, they haven't seen each other in a week. And we've had we've, we've seen people formed real friendships over the seven days that they're out there. And at the finish line, everybody's telling stories. And the best part about it is everybody has a genuine experience because it's not guided. You don't know what you're going to get into. We have had people that have planned the most hilly route through the area. We've had people that have stopped at every single brewery and bar they could find. We've had people that didn't do any of that. We've had people that have gotten five flat tires over the course of the trip and had to hitchhike. You don't know what's going to happen when people are out there. Um, That's what makes it amazing. And the finish line, people are cheersing and high-fiving and exchanging numbers, and they take trips together. Uh, And that's, that's what it's all about. I know this is an ad, but this is actually how I feel. Ombra's sunglasses are amazing. They're armless, and they just have a cord that connects the frame around your head, and my son can't pull them off my head like he pulls my other sunglasses off. They won Backpackers Magazine Gear Editor's Gear Choice of the Year. They plant 20 trees for every pair they sell. And honestly, guys, I I wear them every day. I take them everywhere I go. I just wore them cycling the other day on a long trip. It was, they just perform great. I love that there's no arms on them. I slip them in the pocket of my shirt or in my pants. I don't have to worry about breaking them. Fantastic glasses. I don't have to worry about them coming off if I'm wrestling around with my son or playing with my dogs. Uh, I I really do enjoy enjoy them and I'm gonna be buying more for myself for the foreseeable future. I mean, they're just, they've totally changed the way I look at sunglasses. You can check them out too at ombras.com, O-M-B-R-A-Z.com. They make a great Christmas gift. 
I know you can't always make coffee the way you want to in a lot of the places that we go, you know, in the backcountry or on top of a mountain somewhere. But the good news is there is a great option for coffee in the backcountry, and it's CS Instant Coffee. They make big pouches that fill, you know, 20 ounce containers with fresh coffee. Just put some hot water in there and you're good to go or put cold water in there and then you can have some cold brew. They use 100% compostable packaging. So just in case you dropped it, please don't. But if you did, it's going to biodegrade into the ground. It's great for backcountry travel or any time you just don't feel like breaking out the coffee maker or the French press or whatever. I actually use them all the time just in my house when I don't feel like making a big pot of coffee. So check them out at csinstant.coffee and use the code ADVENTURE at checkout to get a discount. Oh man, that's, that's a, I mean, how rewarding is that? That's too cool. And, and like you said, everyone has a real, a, a totally different experience from, from another person, even though they're at, the, they started in the same place, ended in the same place, getting there, holy cow, it could be a thousand different ways. And, you know, from your perspective, just to hear those stories, it's, you're probably in for a legitimate surprise saying, I really don't know what you went through. <laughs> yeah, that's definitely true. We we joke at the start line. The last thing we say before people leave is, "Good luck. We don't know what's going to happen to you." <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> and we, you know, we there we do take some precautions, and we like we take safety seriously. We definitely take the environment really seriously, but um, but it's not guided, and we don't really give people tips. We don't say turn here. There's not a route. Um, it is up to you when you're out there and you know, there's, you got to plan your own gear. You choose what to eat, where to stay, you know, all of that, man. And, and, and so after that first driftless 250, what did, was it clear to you or more clear at least to, to say, yeah, this is awesome. I want to pursue it. And, and then what'd you do from there? Yeah. So, I mean, personally, I've always had entrepreneurial tendencies, so I've always wanted to Ten start entrepreneurial my... <laughs> tendencies. Sounds like a disease or something. <laughs> I think it is a disease. There's a joke that people make that an entrepreneur is somebody who leaves a 40 hour a week job to work 80 hours. And I, so it probably is a <laughs> disease. And I think that that, you know, so far that's held true, but we, we, you know, so we've run the trip in Wisconsin and we've run that a few times and there was a, a couple things. I mean, for one, people had a good time, right? And I was like, yeah. okay, that's good. Like we're trying to capture this moment and we did capture it and it was exciting. The other thing is we started to have people sign up for the trip that weren't our siblings or our friends. And we're like, okay, <laughs> wow, this, these are real customers that don't know us that are, you know, signing up for the trip and then they're having a good time. We've had, now we've had people from all over North America flying for trips and as far away as Alaska and people from Canada come down. Um, and so that, that, you know, gives a lot of validation to this type of trip. And then, the, the, you know, separately on more of a personal side, my wife and I, we both had pretty demanding full-time jobs and we were just having a lot of conversations about work-life balance. And, um, this fits within our, you know, within our passion and it's something that I think we could do and it would afford slightly better work-life balance if, you know, if we went all in on it. And so, so I'm working on it full-time right now. Um, we definitely have a bigger team than me. There's four people now that are working on a day to day and we've helped from many, many more people are, are helping out and sharing ideas. Um, everywhere we put an event on, we are working. There's somebody local who is part of our team who's helping organize and talking to vendors and meeting people. And, um, and we do scouting trips and stuff. So, yeah, I think it, it was it, a bit of work-life balance and trying to trying to find something that fit better with what we wanted to do and, and also just validation um, and seeing people excited for this is, is it's infectious. Ah, oh, man, that's a good way to, it continues the, the disease analogy. <laughs> no, mm -hmm. no, but for real, it, that is, uh, that is really cool. Was it, was it scary to jump in full time like that or, or did you feel pretty good going into it? I think if, it, to be honest, it, it is scary. It always is because you're mm -hmm. leaving a, a stable profession 
um, with a regular salary and to go to something that is much more completely dependent on your own actions is definitely scary, but there's a lot of support. We've, we've got people helping us. Um, and I also just have a lot of confidence in what we're building. And it, it's, I, I do believe that, that we need this. And I mentioned, and I mean, we a bit more broadly, like I, I do think that we need something like this because for all of our, you know, modern conveniences, people are still feeling unfulfilled and there's still things that are wanting. And I, and I also think that there's a lot of excellent travel experiences out there. And I'm, I'm definitely not against spending a week on the beach on occasion. Um, but I think to learn the most about yourself and to really, really challenge yourself, you have to, you got to find a situation. And um, if we can provide more of that, I, I think people need it. A, a phrase that we use around uh, Lost HQ is that we, we're trying to give people a little bit more Murphy's Law in spite of Moore's. Hmm. And that's, I think, really is the best way to remind ourselves what's really important. Man, you know, I, I will have to say, you know, in, the, in our over-civilized life, there needs to be opportunities like this for people to to test that wild side of them, you know? And, and yeah. I, I think you're right. Even the adventures we do, even the events we do can be so in such a contained environment that, that I don't think it quite hits it for a lot of people. I know personally it doesn't for me. And, you know, if I can, if I can be somewhere in a natural setting doing something challenging, that almost feels like more rest than sitting on the beach for a week, you know? Yeah. Yep. I agree with you. That is too cool. Now, you know, I'm, I'm looking at your map and I'm seeing four locations that you do trips how do you choose locations right now? How did you, cause they're, they're all kind of spread out. Yeah, it's, um, <clears throat> it's a bit, uh, kind of crowdsourced amongst our team. And, uh, it's also, if we have people that have done trips of ours that have said, Hey, I want to, I want to do this, this trip, or I have this idea and let's, let's talk about it. So there's, there are no shortage of ideas. I'm sure that you and really everybody listening has places they want to travel and things they want to see. So that's not a problem whatsoever. Um, it's kind of thinking through the concept and like wh what, what's the vehicle going to be? Is this, are we going to do it on kayak? Are we going to do it in cars? Are we doing it small motorcycles? Like what, what do we want to do and what does that area look like? And so we, we throw on some ideas and then we actually have um, the four, the four gentlemen who joined us on our very first trip, we actually, uh, nominated them to what we call the board of prospectors. <laughs> and so this is a, now an institution that we have at lost travel where once we kind of have a few of these ideas nailed down in a very loose sense, we share them with them and kind of get their feedback and they tell us it's stupid or they say, you can't do that. Or <laughs> they say that's boring. Um, and so we, we get their feedback on it. And then what we do after that is a pioneer trip. So we say, all right, there's enough here. We don't know if it can be done, but there's just enough here to try it. And so we put it up and let people sign up and we say, we think this can be done, but there's some unknowns. And we of course scout it. And so in, like in the case of the trip in South Florida, we went down there and um, scouted out the area. We talked to, to locals and we have somebody down there um, who's on our team who knows a lot about the area, but he's not big into you know, biking. And so we had to kind of see some of it. And, um, but th that's a bit how we do it. I mean, right now we do trips from Miami to Seattle. Um, we have a few more in the works that aren't yet on the, on the site. And we definitely, um, our vision is to grow it. We want to do trips all around the globe and we want to do some good for the planet while we're at it. What kind of level of challenge do you kind of look for to, to, that you could share with the listeners? Like it, 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 you're not looking for like the most extreme thing possible to do, like climbing Mount Rainier, for instance, but you're not looking at, yeah. you know, a, a beach cruiser on, on the sidewalk of, of Miami beach for 20 minutes either. Like, what is that balance? Yeah, I think, so none of our trips are going to be identical in that sense. Um, we do have, so we have a, a a class of trips called the drifty. And for us, a drifty is a multi-day multi-sport event. And so the trip we do in Wisconsin is that in the same in Florida, there's it's combined biking and paddling and camping over a distance and you have to navigate. Um, so that concept, we are going to definitely do more of those. That is a challenge because it's many people are, are very comfortable with one of those things. We have had people say, I, I love to camp but I do not canoe 
or they've said the canoeing and the camping is totally cool, but I don't know how to ride a bike <laughs> or I haven't, you know, I haven't ridden a bike over a hundred miles. And so I can't do this thing. And so, so that what I like about that concept and what we found is that it, it challenges people in different ways. And that's really exciting. Um, in and of itself, I mean, the, the Driftless 250 is roughly a hundred miles of canoeing and roughly 150 miles of paddling over or 50, 150 miles of um, pedaling over seven days. And there are many people who could bike 150 miles in a single day. So it, it, it is not a physical challenge in that regard, but the hills there are no joke. Um, and down in, in South Florida, there's going to be a, a long stretch of paddling that is going to be a challenge for people. So there's a bit of a physical challenge, um, but it's not all just about the, the physical side of it. It is um, putting yourself in situations. I think adventure for a lot of people is it means different things. And there, there, it's about pushing your comfort zone and stepping right outside side your boundary. And that means a lot of different things to a lot of different people. And so we're going to put on trips that, that do some of that. The trip uh, Asheville to Nashville, that's roughly 300 miles, give or take, because we don't know where, how far people are going to go. But um, that's an electric motorbike. It might involve some pedaling. Um, that is does it doesn't involve water whatsoever you can camp or not camp that definitely opens it up for people to really get out there and explore um, which could be a different type of travel for somebody even though biking 300 miles might not be that crazy for a lot of people so it just kind of depends on what is the challenge for you and so we want to put things on that we think are fun and going to teach people something about themselves and about this part of the world i don't think all of our trips are going to be you know, exciting for everybody. We've definitely found people who will say, I will never do blank, but I'm going to do that one. Um, and so that's been actually really funny to see because sometimes it, there's people we don't expect that will sign up for certain things who've said um, they didn't want to do that or it was too hard for them. So interesting. All right. Yeah. That's, that's, uh, I'm sure that is challenging to figure out a balance. Like, who are we targeting? Yeah. What market are we targeting and what, what are they wanting to do? Cause you know, I could totally see like a, like an Ironman uh, competitor saying, you know, I, I can bike forever and run forever, but I do not camp. So that's going to yep. be a huge challenge for me laying in bed on the ground in this island somewhere in the Everglades and saying like, there's mosquitoes everywhere and alligators. That's totally out of my comfort zone. I can totally see that. So that, that's, that's, <laughs> real, that's really cool. Yeah. And, and there's, and even somebody who's kind of a general outdoors woman or man, um, what we found too is one of the challenges is just the unknown. That that is a challenge for a lot of people. That's that definitely they flat out won't sign up because they we're not telling them where to go and it's not guided. Yeah. Oh man, that's just that's incredibly daunting. Yeah. Incredibly daunting. Even if it was five miles of kayaking to just go five <laughs> miles into a place that you don't know what's there, like that is that's a long ways to be from safety in a kayak. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. No, that's to that's so interesting, but yeah, that's a totally different aspect of it. So, so what, what you have a story of, of somebody who's maybe overcome that fear or something funny of, of, of people dealing with that aspect of the journey. <clears throat> Let me see. Well, we've, I, I, yeah, I have a, I mean, I have a few stories from the trips. I mean, one is, so for the trip in Wisconsin, um, the drift was 250. We actually don't tell you where the start line is. <laughs> we, after you register, we mail you a hunk of wood in the mail with the, the GPS coordinates on it. Serious? Seriously. That's serious. It's like every one of these trips is like its own little epic story. What <laughs> the they aren't all like that, but, but for the trip, this most recent trip in September, we had six people that were late to the start line because they couldn't, <laughs> they couldn't find it. <clears throat> oh um, gosh, man. So, but we've had, you know, um, I mean, we, we had a team who had not camped before. Th these were, um, sister-in-laws. They, they had not camped, they, they, so they had camped, but they hadn't done it on their own where you're doing this kind of canoe camping or bike packing where you're carrying your gear and finding a place to camp. And then they, they'd always camped with other people. So that was a, a stretch for them and they they borrowed gear and um i definitely know that they overcame it they've said after this um they were actually the, the team that got five flat tires on their trip um they on one of the days they got two flat tires before 9 a.m 
and there there were some tears, but they got through it, and they learned a lot about bike tires on the trip. Uh, but at the end, they had said uh, they want to do it again because you kind of you overcome that. You learn something about yourself and about gear and what not to pack, and you know. So almost almost everybody who is is new to the uh, you know backpacking or biking bikepacking type of experiences overpacks i i did it myself um everybody overpacks when they're new to it and so that's something that everybody kind of gets over is like you see the finish line and people are talking about i did not need this extra sweater or i did not need all all these other things that i brought um and then there's also you know that i think the the most interesting story about somebody overcoming something um isn't physical or navigational whatsoever but this was um a friend of ours now who came in from um i think he flew in from san francisco and um he, this was for our trip in wisconsin he uh, had, he told me this after the trip because we, we debriefed uh for a while and he he said one of his concerns actually was just politically so he you know he he was uh, sides liberally and that part of wisconsin is you know, notoriously conservative, or at least in the last election they were. And so he kind of expressed a little bit of like unease about that and, and what that's going to be like. And at the start line of our trip, we always make a joke that um, when you're out on the drifty, you know, locals may wave at you. Don't be startled. That's just the way we are in Wisconsin. Everybody is incredibly friendly. Um, and he, he, they told a story where on the, on their bike back after they got out of the canoes and they were biking back, they were getting downpoured on and they hadn't really planned with rain gear. Um, they, I think were in between two major towns going through this like series of Hills and a woman stopped and asked them if they needed help and picked them up. And she brought them into their house and kind of let them dry off and just kind of spent some time with them and hung out and talked. And they've got photos of them, you know, in her kitchen and she gave them like garbage bags to wear over their clothes and they had this awesome experience. And for me, that was just something that happens on a trip like this because people are so incredibly friendly. But at the finish line, he was telling me how that was actually something that really surprised him. And was it was, I don't know, there's a bit of humanity that comes out of that. And that's really, really rewarding. And you can't plan that. You know what I mean? You, it just happens if you're in that place at a certain time. And um, so that to me was pretty powerful. Um, but there's been all kinds of, you know, physical challenges where people didn't think they could do something and they got past it as well. So um, there's a lot of stories that come out of it, which makes it so exciting. Yeah. That exciting is the right word. Like, because you, you, you can start sharing these stories of things that happen to people while they're out there on one of these trips and say, you know, with, with all confidence in the, in, in the, in this year's class or whatever that's going out, say, this may or may not happen to you. Something like this may or may not happen to you. It's just, it all depends. It all, de you never know what's going to happen when you put yourself out there and you have a finish line to get to 250 miles away. There's a lot of opportunity for adventure <laughs> over 250 miles. Yeah. <laughs> of all different kinds. All different. And, and I think we, you know, we hear that in all the stories that are on adventure sports podcast. Like, there are, there's always something unexpected and it's a lot of, it's a lot of fun. And it's usually ends up being like one of the most memorable parts, you know, it's, it's the things you don't plan for are the things that usually end up sticking out in your mind. Like, holy cow, like you said, you, I wake up one day uh, and I get invited to someone's home to have breakfast and it's just something I never could have planned, but it happens and you're internally grateful for it. You know, with, with this, you mentioned something before is that you guys are really committed to the environment. And I know that with each trip, you you, you donate 5% of revenue, not profit, but revenue to like that area. Uh, what made you want to do that? Yeah, we, we've always, you know, we've always been, um, I think, eco-conscious and we you know, grew up really in the outdoors. And so we've always been aware of that. Um, but really what, what made, I think what made that stick is, you know, of course, traveling to different places in the world, but it was actually in the Sahara Desert. So we we did a motorcycle trip across Morocco, and we we went in early, and we did this um, camping trip out in the desert. And everybody hears about the Sahara Desert growing up, You're like you know it, you know where it is, and you know about it. But <clears throat> we were out there late one night, and we had um, I think we might have had a little bit of rum, but we were just laying on the sand dune, looking up at the stars, and like 
you're, you're seeing the most stars you've ever seen in your life. And it is perfectly silent. Like you've never felt a silence like that. And you just can't appreciate a place until you go to it. And it makes you then really, really care about it and really want to take care of it. And so, um, so really, I mean, it's, it's twofold. Yeah, we do. We give 5% of our top line revenue. So if, if you sign up for a trip, 5% of that's going straight to an organization that's taking care of the environment in which the event takes place. So in Wisconsin, that's River Alliance of Wisconsin. Down in Florida, there's Captains of Clean Water. Um, there's the Washington Water Trails Association out uh, in the Cascadia area. Um, and so, we're, we're, you know, we want to respect the area that we're in. And I think people appreciate that as well, because once you're there, you see that and you, you, I don't know, you just feel this connection to it. And so um, that's been a mission. We've done it since the very first trip we ever did. And yeah, it's revenue, not profit. So if we don't turn a profit on the event, we're still donating um, as much as we should. Uh, and then um, I, I think that generally people um, that resonates with people and people are excited about that as well. And I, I think, you know, once you get out there and see a place, it's, it's kind of hard to, to disagree with it. So appreciate you guys doing that. And I'm sure the areas that you have the trips appreciated and it probably helps, you know, with the relationship, like, Hey, you know, we, we brought people here to experience this in a really unique way and we're giving back. Let us come back next year. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, we, we, and it's been, it, it's been cool because we've had um, like in Wisconsin, we had, um, the d- executive director of the River Alliance came to the start line and he was a bit like our resident expert, um, able to answer questions about the river and things and, and just kind of, you know, he, say thanks, but, um, it, it does form good relationships and, uh, it, it helps connect people with that place. And that's important. Absolutely. You guys also have like a, a corresponding app for these adventures. Is that correct? And is it strictly for the trips or is, is there something else to it? Yeah, so we we on the side we created um, what we call the Lost Tracker. It's a very very simple um, iOS and Android app for tracking your adventure. We created this for uh, for our trips originally because you know there's usually when you take on a bigger trip, particularly one that's a week or longer, you know there's a lot of hype and you're telling your friends and your family and of course your coworkers know because you're taking the time off and you want to share it, but there's kind of a black hole once you leave you're gone and then you come back and you have some photos. Um, but we've found on our trips that people want to follow along and they want to see, you know, what their dad's up to, or you want to have, you want to have uh, your friends or family or have your mom follow along to see what, how you're doing. So we designed this tracker. So during all of our trips, uh, we don't require people to use it. We say at the start line, if this is your adventure, you don't have to use this if you don't want to. Uh, most people do because it, does allow their friends and family to follow along, but it just runs on your phone. Um, it's very, very lightweight. We ran it for five weeks straight and used less than 1% of the battery. And it just shows, it shows where you are uh, relative to everybody else. And um, it's, it is fun because our trips are a bit unscripted and unconventional. People go in different directions. So it, as an organizer of the event, we, we designed this more as a tool because we do kind of need to know where people are. But um, it also makes for um, a pretty good uh, spectating because you can see where people are going. And like at, at the, the first day of uh, one of our more, more recent trips, um, a guy named Jason took off. And I, I actually thought the tracker was malfunctioning because it was, he was going in a completely different direction than everybody else. And we later found out that he actually, he, he was stopping at all the breweries on the east side <laughs> of Madison because we had a brewery challenge that we put out there. And I didn't know anybody was going to take it that seriously. And for a while, I thought the track was messed up. We, we learned he was actually, he had a checklist and he was, he had his own route plan and he was doing his own thing. Um, and so, yeah, we've, we found this to be really useful for ourselves. And so we, we use it on all of our trips. Um, and then we've since opened it up. So, you know, we do want to support people on their adventures and you know it's definitely not true that we are the only ones putting together awesome trips a lot of people do it themselves and other there's awesome events that other organizers are putting on and so we're it's available now we're licensing it to um, other event organizers and then also to individuals to use Um, right now we've got some people who are you know exploring south america and you know some of them are doing the van life some of them are on motorcycles um, we've got somebody in Guatemala using it and somebody, um, in Peru and, and one in Brazil. 
so it's been fun and pretty soon we'll have a, a group of guys going across Vietnam on motorcycles that are going to use it so everybody can follow along. Oh man, what a, what a great, what a great idea, honestly, because you're totally right. You know, I've been on a lot of adventures and I've, I've, it's always been a struggle finding the best way to share, um, without, you know, really expensive subscriptions or buying, you know, totally a, a new device, you know, it's like a yep. spot tracker. I have one, but you know, it's not as easy for people to follow along and I kind of have to have it all set up. But, uh, this is just, this is fantastic. And the fact that, you know, the fact for you is like, okay, this group has not gotten off right on course yet. We got to go find them. It's been three days. They are, they're out at sea. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Exactly where they are. I know where they are. We just got to go get them. But no, that's too funny, man. That is too funny. So, so, you know, you guys give back, you guys have this app, you guys are making these cool trips. Um, you know, a lot of this is, is still very new, but can you, can you tell us like, what, what is your hope for this in the future, maybe in the near future and also maybe a decade down the road? What what do you foresee right now? I, I foresee us putting on uh, many more trips Definitely right now in North America. So I think in the near term in North America, but we, we want to put on trips globally. Um, some of the trips we're doing right now, we can do a similar concept in different areas. So we're excited about that. We have um, a couple of collaboration trips uh, coming on and we're, we definitely will be doing some that are um, you know, more motor based, whether it's a car or, you know, small motorcycle or something so that people who aren't into biking and strenuous oh, yeah, physical like activity, <laughs> yeah, they can, they can do something like that. So, um, we do have a, a good amount of trips that we're, we're planning and some exciting stuff coming up there. And then with, uh, with the tracker, we want to support people who are doing some exciting stuff out there. And, um, you know, the spot tracker in, in Garmin's and Delorme's have, there's a place for them. You know, our tracker right now is not built for search and rescue. And if you're going, you know, off into the wild, wild wilderness where you're totally alone, like I would not recommend using ours at the moment, but, um, for most of our, most of the trips that, that people are doing, this works really, really well. And so we want to expand on that. Um, and I think there's some really, really fun things we can do as, as well with the, with the tracker, and adding in a bit more um, adventure to that. There's some there's some fun stuff. I just can't I can't share all of it right no, now. No, I understand. I totally <laughs> understand. Well, I t- I tell you this, uh, you know, as things share, as you you know, as you can say things or promote things, we'd love to help promote it. Um, what you know, for, for someone who who kind of took the leap, you're planning adventures for people, which is great. But you are in a broader sense taking a huge adventure step in adventure yourself with just jumping out of your career and jumping into this full time. What, what advice do you have for someone who, who maybe wants to do something like this, uh, you know, has, has a steady job and, and wants more adventure in their life and has an idea for a business. What, what advice would you have for them to, with your journey so far? Yeah. Well, I, I will not say that, um, I by any means can speak from a position of success. I'm excited about what we're doing, but I think there's a long ways to go. But I will say that I definitely recommend you start this as an as a side thing. Start it on the side, test it out. Um, there is a lot of time in the day if you're not watching TV and um, if you're not going out all the time. Like there's a lot of time you can capture to spend on a business, and so that's my first thing is that's what that's what we've we did and um started on the side uh asked for help i've found i'm not somebody who's traditionally comfortable asking for help i really don't i think most people who know me really well personally know that (laughs) i'm not like that um right but i have found when you actually choose to put yourself out there and start telling people about what you want to build and you start asking for help people will help you and they will give you honest feedback um and that is more valuable than anything is just having the support of the people around you. Like trying to go at it alone is completely futile and depressing. And I think most people who've um, been you know, hugely successful have gotten help along the way in one form or the other. So I think, you know, try it on the side, see if you're, you're getting traction and, and experiment with that and keep trying it and, and don't be afraid to ask for help and then learn. I mean, I'm, I am a student of, of business and I'm constantly reading and constantly 
trying to figure out what other people are doing, what tactics they're using. And I think that's really, really valuable. And, um, and then the last thing, and you know, we're going through this right now. I, I'm really set on building what I call a revenue-based business. Like I really do want to sell a product that people want to pay for and uh, hopefully pay the bills that way. And I think it's important just to keep that in mind. If there's some businesses that do need a lot of capital up front and there's some that don't. And it's important to, you know, try to think through those options and what you're trying to build and, you know, keep an eye on like a, a P&L and make sure that you're building something that can be sustainable and profitable. That's absolutely a huge challenge. Um, starting anything like that, I can speak from experience as well. You know, it's, Totally right. Keep it, keep it a side gig for a while, you know, test it, test the, you know, test the plan, test the product, see if it's something people want. And, uh, you know, and you're going to start small. Like you said, a lot of your friends went on the first trip. I know Tom Hale, the founder of Backroads, one of the biggest travel companies in the world, if not the biggest, uh, with the bike trips mostly, but you know, global, totally global. His first ever trip was, uh, a, a bike trip around like Las Vegas area where he lived. And I think only four people went and one of them was his mom because she felt bad for him because <laughs> no one signed up. <laughs> and now he's, you know, I mean, it's a multi, I don't even know how much revenue they're turning, but thousands upon thousands. I'm sure all of you have heard it back roads. It's huge. And, uh, so man, you just never know. You, you build a product like this, that, that scratches that itch for people. And, you know, more importantly, that's not even, that's not even given reverence to what you're doing. You're filling that void in people's soul a lot of time for adventure and for, for wildness that you just don't get in today's world. So I, I think what you're doing is amazing. I'm really stoked for it. I'd love to support it in any, any way I could. And I, I'd love to go on a trip, honestly. You should come join us. We've got one, uh, January 29th. Come well, down to Florida. It's, it's going to be I fun. I am a Florida native, and uh, <laughs> I love that area. I That one is definitely on my radar. I'm probably going to come check it out for sure. All right. We'll, we'll, we'll put, a, put your name on a kayak. <laughs> okay. Well, dang, I got to go then. <laughs> well, man, this is this has been great. I really appreciate you being on, Jacob. And uh, yeah, th- thank you for what you're doing, and, and I'm stoked to see you grow. Yeah. Thank you. Thanks for... Uh, Thanks for taking the time and listening to our story and I'm hoping we can get some people out there on some trips. Yeah. Awesome, man. All right. Well, we'll have a good one. Thank you. You too. All right. Bye. Bye. First of all, thank you so much for listening. It means the world to us that you choose to listen to the show. If you'd like to help us further, you can leave a review on iTunes, share us with your friends, your family. It goes a long way to grow in the show. You can also support us financially through patreon.com slash adventure sports podcast. Link is in the show notes. And also, if you have an idea of who could be a good guest for the show, we're always looking for people to tell their story uh, about the outdoors or adventure. So if you know someone, please reach out. Email us at info at adventure sports podcast.com. And until then, get out there and have some fun. <laughs>